Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. Welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. This episode is brought to you by my new community called The Tribe for Moms. Right now, I am welcoming founding moms into my new community. If you would like to become a founding mom and find out more information, please visit www the tribe for moms.com registration closes on June 1st so visit now welcome to parenting through the coronavirus pandemic I'm so happy to be here with you today I wanted to talk about allowing your children to grieve this came up for me because <clears throat> on Monday this week, we found out from our governor that schools would be closed for the rest of the year. And in New Jersey, our governor was one of the last holdouts to closing schools. I think I read yesterday that 46 states and Washington DC have closed their schools for the remainder of the year. So we were maybe 44th or 45th to close. So that's a really, really high number. And um, until then, I described it as saying that my grief was in suspended animation, kind of like when you... <coughs> When you, uh, in the matrix, if you've ever seen it, when the bullet flies out, it kind of stops in midair and he bends out of the way. And then the camera goes like 360 around it as the bullet is just hanging there in midair. <coughs> and that's how I've kind of felt about the grief process over school. As I watched uh, all the schools, all the states in the country closing down their schools for the rest of the year, I realized that I couldn't have a reaction about our school yet because I didn't know. There was no sense in grieving a loss that may or may not happen, even though the reality told me that it was probably likely to happen. I was still holding out hope. And <clears throat> this is significant in my house because of my oldest son who is a senior in high school. So I've been reading all of the articles flying around the internet of, you know, the very real grief that seniors are feeling 
and the ways that parents and teachers and principals are trying to support and honor those seniors. And I've kind of read those articles from a bit of a, an intellectual standpoint because it didn't yet apply to us. And Monday was the nail in that coffin, so to speak. And so my, the way it occurred in my house is my son came down and I asked him a question and he snapped at me. And then I said something else and he bit my head off. And I said something else and he was grouchy. And so after a few minutes of this, I said, wow, you, you sound like you're really in a bad mood. What's going on? And he said, well, of course I'm in a bad mood. You should know that because schools are canceled, I would be in a bad mood. And I said, what? Schools are canceled? How do you know? And he said, it's all over everybody's story on Snapchat. And he said, I thought you knew. And I said, no, I didn't know. <laughs> and that's how it went. So I walked back up to his room and I talked to him a little bit and I told him how it sucks and it's terrible. And we tried to hold out hope to the very last second and or the very last day. And he, he told me at that point that his motivation for school was completely shot. He still is, he only has one class because he's a senior. And the only reason he didn't um, pretty much graduate in December was that he had to have at least one class in order to play his senior year of volleyball, his senior volleyball season, which happens in the spring. So the only reason he was even still doing school past December was so he could play volleyball. And with the closing of school, that canceled his volleyball season. And so he was saying to me on Monday, he has absolutely no motivation to do his English assignments. He just doesn't care. He's already accepted to college. He can't even play volleyball anyway. So what is the point? And I kind of struggled I think he was kind of saying it rhetorically, so I didn't need to have a response to him. I didn't feel like I needed to, but I struggled to find a point to why he should do English. I almost think in some ways that our school should make, or schools everywhere should make uh, spring market, fourth marking period of high school for seniors this year, this year alone pass fail. Because what's the point? It's not like they need to work on their GPA. It's not like it really matters. They're almost done anyway. So I, I didn't really have an answer for him. I, I, there was nothing I could say. And he actually, at one point, after we talked for a few minutes, um, he was feeling really sad, like really sad. And I was holding back the tears. I mean, I felt like I was getting crushed by a tsunami because I was holding, holding my breath in suspended animation for the last few weeks, waiting to hear what would happen, what the decision would be for school this year. And then once we found out on Monday that it was canceled, I feel like the water just, just crushed me. 
And so I was holding back the tears, trying to be strong. And, you know, there's no reason he needs to be burdened with my emotional uh, reaction to it and have to feel like he needs to help me feel better because that's not a, a burden I want to put on his shoulders. So I was holding back the tears. He was feeling awful. And eventually he said, you know, all I want to do right now is sit in my room by myself and not talk to anyone. And talking to you right now is making me feel worse. And I understood. And I kind of looked at the ground and I paused and I took a deep breath and I looked back up at him and I said, well, I understand I just want to remind you that I love you to pieces and it's hard to watch you so sad and upset and I'm feeling the same way. And if there's anything at all I can do to help you, you know that I'm here and I, I'll move mountains if I could try to help you to feel better or take away some of this sadness. So I'll leave you alone, but if there's anything I can do, you know I'm here. And then I walked out. And then I left him for hours. I didn't talk to him. I didn't go in his room. Nothing. That day happened to be my younger son's 13th birthday. And so uh, he did remember to go and wish his brother, go into the other room and wish his brother a happy birthday that morning. <clears throat> and then... Uh, at dinner time, we had a family dinner. We ordered pizza, stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. I knew my younger son loves pizza. We usually, through this <clears throat> quarantine, had been ordering takeout on Friday nights because it gives me, me and my husband a break from cooking and everybody seems to look forward to getting some kind of fun takeout food. And But we decided to do it on Monday for my son's birthday. He loves pizza anyway. And I know that stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut is one of my older son's favorite things. And because there's not a Pizza Hut very close to us, we usually don't get it. So I knew he could use a little bit of comfort food when he was feeling sad about his senior year. So I suggested that we get some pizza and where should we get it from? And my older son said, Pizza Hut, stuffed crust pizza, of course. So he's also been the um, food picker-upper this quarantine each Friday night. It gives him something to do, a reason to get in his car and drive, put the windows down, play his music, you know, feel some sense of normalcy and get out of the house. So he's been very happy to go and pick up our takeout orders each Friday. So I sent him to get the pizza. He did the same thing, put the windows down, played the music. And so that made him feel better. And then he obviously got to eat stuffed crust pizza for dinner, which was comfort food for him. And our dinner that night was very lighthearted. It very much had the feel of the energy of the fact that it was my younger son's birthday. And so we were laughing and telling jokes. And at one point, my older son was laughing so hard that he had tears in his eyes and he could hardly catch his breath. I mean, you know, when you get that hearty belly laugh where you can't 
you can't even talk. You're laughing so hard. And it was lovely to see. And I think it really cleaned out some of the gunky feelings that he was having. And then he ended up suggesting that the three of them play uh, Fortnite on the computer. Well, actually on their Xboxes. My two sons played on their Xboxes and my daughter put it on her phone and she played, they all connected as a team and she played on her phone and they did it for like two or three hours and they had so much fun. And so by the end of that night and by the next day, my son's mood was very much improved and uh, I think he bounced back really quickly. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to fool myself into thinking that because he was feeling better Tuesday that he's not going to get sad again. The grief process, as I was explaining to one of my uh, teenagers I'm working with recently, the grief process is you don't go in a straight line. You don't go neatly through all the phases and then you get to the last one, which is acceptance, and then boom, you're done. That's not how it works. There is denial where you can't even believe or accept that you've lost the thing you've lost. There is bargaining or there's anger or you're, you finally it sinks in that you've lost this thing or person and you are furious about it. Then there's bargaining where you pray and beg and plead and you would give anything, including your right arm to get that thing back or that person. And then there's depression where you just feel so sad and discouraged and hopeless about your loss. And then there's acceptance where you finally come to terms with it, but you never go through, it's not normal or not common to go through all of the phases neatly and orderly like that. It's common to bounce around where you might feel like you're accepting that loss one day. And then the next day you wake up and you're depressed about it or you're angry about it. Or you wake up a week later and you are back in denial. You can't believe that this person or this thing is gone from you, just like that. And so our kids may be grieving the loss of the end of their school year, particularly our seniors. They're losing an awful lot. I know for my son and his classmates, you know, May of senior year is filled with tons of fun things, right? There's not a whole lot of instruction and learning going on for seniors, at least, unless they're in a class with juniors or sophomores or something. But a lot of the their mental energy and focus is on end of high school activities, the prom and graduation and wrapping up their spring sports seasons or having their final performance if they're in the theater. Um, picking the senior superlatives, like who has the best eyes and the most likely to succeed and all that stuff, voting on those kids. And then in our school, there is, well, there are two very fun events, not particularly senior related because the whole school is welcome to participate but they have what's called red and white night where they split the school in half uh, according to last name. And so let's say A through M and N through Z or something. And then they have this whole big 
week of festivities leading up to it. They have lots of practices during the school day and they just do neat little challenges where it's the red team versus the white team because that's the school colors. And they'll do like a wheelbarrow race or they'll do an obstacle course or a sprint or some kind of just, I think they do a trivia game. They have some, I think the physical challenges happen on that Friday night of red and white night, but the whole week leading up to it, like there's a trivia contest and through the day the kids will go into wherever it is, the auditorium or wherever and answer the questions. And then they keep score who's getting the most points. And it's such a fun, fun event that the kids look forward to every year. It's one of his favorite things and it happens in the fourth marking period. So that's gone. No more red and white night for him. And then they have a, what they call the RV Devil Dash, which is basically like a Tough mutter kind of a thing. There, it's, a, it's a running race with an obstacle course. And they're jumping over things and rolling t- a big giant truck tires and army crawling through a sand pit out on the track, well, in the field for the, pole, uh, for the long jump. They army crawl under a net through that. They get they climb over a fence and a wall, they get muddy, they get wet. It's so much fun. And he's actually been doing it since he was in eighth grade. And that is taken from him too. And you know, the fact that the last time that they that they, the seniors in his school or any school or any kid anywhere, the last day they walked through the halls of their school. They didn't know it was the last day they would do it this school year. For the seniors, the last day they went to school, they didn't know it was literally the last day they would be in their high school. And high school is such a special time, such a significant time for so many kids to have it just taken away from you and you didn't even know it's it's shocking and it's one of those painful life lessons and the life lesson that we can learn out of this is don't take things for granted it's a human tendency to get used to our situation and take things for granted but when we do that it doesn't help it doesn't help it, we we overlook and miss the very meaningful things of our lives. We don't appreciate them for how much we really do appreciate them. And so the life lesson out of this, I'm talking about the quarantine just from the senior's perspective, but there are many life lessons in this quarantine anyway. But the life lesson for the seniors is be grateful for your life as it is in this very moment. You never know when something could change or end. And sometimes you have no control over it. So be grateful for what your life looks like right now, today, in this moment. And try to be in that space every moment of every day of your life. It's not possible. I've never met anyone who can be in that space of gratitude and appreciation and present moment awareness every minute of the day. But what a great thing to strive for, to walk down the hall of your school, going from one class to the other, 
And instead of just focusing on what assignment is due or what homework they just assigned or did I do the thing I have to turn in when I get to my next class, instead of thinking about that all the time, maybe just spend a minute and look around and say, wow, this is my school. My school is home. It's familiar. It's like family. I love my teachers. I love my friends. This place is home to me. It helps to make our life experience that much richer. And our kids are learning that really painful lesson through this quarantine, especially our seniors. And Governor Cuomo of New York said it very well weeks and weeks and weeks ago, maybe three weeks into this quarantine. I think we're in the middle of week eight right now. This was a long time ago at the beginning. But he said, our kids' characters are being chiseled in this quarantine. Your character is not created when you're in the good times and the easy times. Your character is created in the challenging moments. And our kids' characters are being chiseled right here and right now. And this quarantine experience will stick with them forever. They will be telling stories about this to their kids and their grandkids. When those, when their kids and their grandkids aren't appreciating their lives, they'll hearken back to 2020 and how they did the same thing and how important it is to be grateful as often as you possibly can. So I think that's a life lesson that we can all take away from this quarantine. How often, as you're going about your day, walking from one place to the next, right now it might be from the living room to the kitchen, or it might be walking around the block because we're still not going very many places. But how many times when you're walking from one place to the next, to your next destination, do you just snap out of whatever thought process you're in and just look around and say, wow, this is my life. I have my health. I have my family. I have a roof over my head. I have warmth. I have clothes. I'm a pretty grateful, pretty lucky person. If you can think that at least once a day, I guarantee you, your troubles will seem a little bit smaller and your life will seem a whole lot richer. All right. That's what I have for you today. I hope that wherever you are, that you make this a fabulous and grateful day. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode, or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to erin at erin-taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. 
If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.